everyone, welcome back to our podcast, Hard to Make Friends as an Adult. I'm Macy. And I'm Ryan. And on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about how to make a friend. So we're pretty excited to talk about some of the ways that you can actually make a friend as an adult. In season one, we talk about different friend categories and how to make friends in those categories. But this episode is going to focus more on like the deeper kind of mental, emotional side to making a friend as an adult because that's what comes really challenging to most people. Definitely. As we know, it's incredibly hard to make a friend as an adult, but some of the things we'll talk about will give some advice and really level set to make sure everybody is perfectly capable of going out there and making the friends. I think a lot of us get really kind of caught up in how we should act when it comes to making a friend, especially if it's not someone that you work with or someone that you went to school with. So just kind of those natural connections and people that you meet like at a bar or in a social club or whatever, it's hard to figure out how to connect with them and then turn that connection into a friendship. So Ryan, do you have any tips on how to make a friend, especially from like the mental and emotional side? Definitely. The first piece of advice I would give anybody making a friend would be to kind of go back to the start of the process and put some value on yourself. Look in the mirror and tell yourself that you're valuable and that you're capable and you deserve a friend. And I think that goes a long way. A lot of people struggle with confidence in the friend-making realm, but truly everybody deserves a friend. I really like that advice. I think it also kind of goes back to the cliche of you can't really be a friend unless you are a friend to yourself. I know you just said that, but most people use that phrase more like romantically speaking, you know, like you can't love someone until you love yourself. And we're just kind of switching those words out with friendship. But I think it's, it's very like insightful and it's important to realize that if you're kind of on the fence about what you bring to a friendship, the other person is definitely going to feel that and then maybe not really want to consider, you know, hanging out with you or making the friendship grow and anything more long lasting. So I think the confidence that you have, that really plays a huge part, especially in friendships when you're not really bringing anything to the relationship besides like a platonic mate, you know? Yeah, exactly. Especially when you're walking in cold and neither of you know each other, you need to have an, a level of confidence just to go and be yourself and to present what you have to that other person. Yeah, you're kind of selling yourself to somebody. I mean, it's almost like a presentation and, you know, why should someone want to be friends with you? Yeah. And I think uh, sometimes we get in our minds about it, but if you're confident and you seem like an interesting person, I feel like anybody who has, you know, any class at all would want to, you know, talk to you and hang out with you. And if, you know, they're snooty or they don't understand your vibe or whatever, I mean, that's their loss, you know? Yeah, I think the next piece of advice I would say is, to not expect the whole world. You know, don't expect every person you meet to be your friend. There's going to be some duds out there, right? Would you think so? Yeah, I totally agree with that. And especially I host a lot of social club meetups. Um, I have over 6,000 members in one of my groups. And I'll just go ahead and tell you right now, there's a lot of people that don't like me in it, you know? Right. And I'm the one that facilitates the hangouts or parties. And we have a lot of mutual friends. And I meet so many people and a lot of them don't really like me or I don't really like them and that's just kind of part of it. And you can't expect for people to always like you because everyone wants something different, especially in a friendship. Everyone has different hobbies, interests, personalities. So it's very rare to be like liked by all. Yeah, and even the like part, maybe taking it even a little further, just in general a friend, you know, a, a lot of those folks in your meetup group, you probably wouldn't consider close friends or friends but you have considered a lot of them friends 
you have connected on multiple levels and consider them to be people you'd like to hang out with and things. So there's always going to be a percentage of folks out there that just it's not going to work out with and expecting a hundred percent success rate just isn't realistic no and especially when it comes to friendships because these are people that you should be wanting to hang out with like you don't have to hang out with them which in every other area of our lives we usually have to be hanging out with this person you know that's a good point so like have some kind of leeway and grace there and also decide who you want to hang out with because you don't want just to be friends with just anybody you know if you don't have the shared interest why force something that's not there I think it's it's similar to like a more romantic relationship along those lines. This is someone you're spending your time with that you don't have to hang out with. So you should like them. And if you don't like them, you might want to reconsider that friendship. Definitely. And on the relationship metaphor, a lot of people say in relationships, they try to act a certain way to impress the other person. Completely, completely don't do that because exactly what you said you want to be hanging out with this person, but not only that, they should want to hang out with you. It should be completely both sides here. So that's very important. So I think in general, tip number one is just to kind of what have self-confidence and put yourself first. Yeah. And also consider like what you bring to the table and what they bring to the table. Yeah. Expectations. So my tip kind of goes off of what we're talking about along the expectations line I think it's really important to read the room. And what I mean by that, especially in a friendship making context, is that, you know, not only is not everyone going to like you, but it's really important to, like, be able to read body language to be able to determine the interest that the other person has in your shared interest, you know, because sometimes people are just being nice. And so if you're sitting here talking about some type of football team that you're really into and they really like baseball – I mean, it's probably not going to go that far because maybe you have a couple of shared sports analogies you can make here and there, but ultimately they want to go to an Astros game and you don't ever want to do that, you know? So that's just like a very small example, but I think reading the room on like, okay, is this person just being nice? How should I be acting towards them? Is their body language positive or do they kind of want nothing to do with me right now? And don't take it personally if that is kind of what you pick up on in a negative aspect, but you want someone where the body language is very positive, they're excited to see you, they want to talk to you, and so reading the room on like what you can and shouldn't say is so important. And it goes even further than that, you know, I think um, sometimes people are maybe depressed or going through something really hard. It's really important to kind of determine how you should be talking to them. I can't tell you how many times I'll host a meetup and someone will come up and maybe say something really negative, and it's like, hey dude, I just had like the worst day ever. And I need someone around me right now that has a positive energy. And if they could like kind of sense my vibe, I feel like they would have picked up on that immediately. Or, you know, if someone's a lot older than you, then maybe you don't want to talk about like the the coolest TikTok trend right now. You should be talking about maybe a movie that's out in theaters or something that they understand. So just reading the room when it comes like interests, body language, what people are wanting for you to, you know, express or talk to them about is really important. And that kind of goes off of what you were saying, Ryan, about expectations and just, I think, really kind of understanding, like, what you bring to the table and what they bring to the table and then how that's going to merge together and then actually form a friendship. Yeah, and that's not easy. Obviously, every situation is different. Everyone puts off a different energy. But in my opinion, it's something you can get used to and practice at because while nothing is the same, reading someone's energy in theory is the same practice. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. And in some ways, maybe I'm kind of contradicting you here because I think, you know, you're talking about having self-confidence. I think that's so important. 
but it's also important to read the other person's confidence, you know? So like, if you go in and you're so self-confident, like, oh, I'm the coolest person ever and this person would be so lucky to be friends with me. I mean, it's kind of like, well, read the room and situation that what does this person know about you and why would they want to be friends with you, you know? So it's like finding that balance of like how much to talk about yourself, how much confidence to show. Say the other person is really down. I mean, it might kind of look like conceited for you to suddenly be so confident around them, you know? So I think that just really reading the situation and seeing where someone is at and what energy they're going to pick up on from you, that's really important. And like you do say, I think it is a skill, but I do think you can practice. I think that the more people you talk to, the better you get at that. Definitely. Matching energies is really important. I would say the best friends you can make, I'm coming up with my own term here, is an energy chameleon almost, where they can always intuitively match your energy. I don't know if you've had any friends like that, but it just seems that anytime you hang out with them, they're right on your energy level. And that's super fantastic. But I do warn that if you are that type of person to make sure that you're getting out of the relationship and the friendship that you're what you need as well. You know right. Because I, mean? I think some people kind of almost are just people pleasers. And so they're always going to match the energy, even if it means draining themselves maybe a bit or not being their true, maybe honest personality. Yeah. So, you know, I think in general, though, just kind of with the reading the room, it really is just seeing like what the situation is, evaluating how you should act to the situation and then determining what the other person that you're connecting with is going to be getting out of that. Yeah. Moving on from energy, the next big, 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 big advice I would give is to improve your conversationalism, if that's a thing. I think I just made up that word right now. But in general, just improve all the conversations you can have with people while you're matching that energy. The best thing I can offer is to answer questions with your own interests and your own side themes for others to pick up on. Instead of saying, hi, my name's Ryan and I work at blah, 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 you can mention a few of your interests. Like, hi, my name's Ryan. I just watched this really great, you know, Premier League soccer game last night. I'm really into following sports and, you know, I also you know, work in this industry, how about you? At least give them one or two branches to pick up off of when you're meeting people. That way, it naturally forges a conversation. Yeah, I think that that's a really good tip. And especially if you're in a group setting trying to meet somebody, it does kind of help the the conversation flow more naturally. Because what a lot of people tend to do is almost just have like these kind of one-liners where you're immediately kind of checked out or it's like, well, I could care less, you know? And I think you see this happen like a lot, like at networking events and things where like, oh, hi, how about the weather? And it's like, nobody wants to talk about the weather, right? The conversation immediately is dead, like before it even started. So what you're saying is a really great tip because I think the more that people can find out about you immediately really helps them gauge their interest level. And if they, you know, want to continue talking to you and then if a friendship can grow from there. I also think in some ways kind of what I said earlier about selling yourself, that's kind of a similar way of doing that because it's almost like swiping through someone like on an app. You're getting this little quick little bio and usually it's kind of enough for the other person to judge, okay, how much can I talk to them about? Or like, is this a waste of time or not? And of course, most people are going to be nice and they're going to talk to you no matter what, you know, briefly. But it really does kind of help, you know, determine how much you're going to get out of this immediately especially if you're not in a situation where you're just talking to this person like 
one-on-one for a long time. So say it's like a networking event or a meetup or maybe even like a sports league or something. Right, right. And there's nothing more frustrating in making a friend than being the only one asking questions. Just, you know, hey, how are you? And they one word you back. And you ask another question and they one word you back. This way, at least you're offering organic conversation starters. Um, And I will say if someone does one word you, it's probably an instant no, and you're going to probably not make a friend with them, right? Yeah, honestly, like, why would you want to? And, you know, I think people want someone that they can converse with. And so even if you immediately kind of realize I don't have that much in common with this person, there is something to be said about someone that can, like, have a conversation with anybody. And I'll be honest, like, a lot of people cannot do that. Most people do one-word people, and I don't even know if it's because they are meaning to, but I think that maybe on the spot, they just can't really think of anything, you know, more interesting to, to mention. But it immediately kills the conversation. It kind of kills the vibe. It honestly seems like you're either, you know, a narcissist and, and maybe conceited and you don't want to talk to the person. Or it just looks like, you know, you're kind of really boring. And both of those are huge turnoffs for people. Yeah, but if you are someone that's like that, you really need to work, you know, at home or when you're by yourself at coming up with interesting things about yourself or things you're into or just asking questions even if you can't think of things about yourself asking questions about the other person and being interested and interactive means the whole world in making a friend and i think people love to be asked things about themselves and what i have found so many people do is we tend to just talk about ourselves So, like, if I was conversing with you right now, Ryan, and we just met, I might go on and on about, oh, I run a podcast, and I have a social club. But ultimately, I mean, what does that really mean to you? Unless you also are in the the same industry. Hey, wait, I actually also am (laughs) on a podcast. Wait, we should be friends. Oh, my gosh. But a lot of the times, the person you're talking to cannot relate to whatever you're saying in those terms. And it really kind of becomes like it's all about you, you know? And people really want for you to ask them about them, and that's makes you kind of seem more interesting. You know, I think a lot of times the most interesting person in the room is not the one that's just going on and on about how great they've been doing and everything. Yeah, definitely. And those classic rehearsed answers of, oh, how's it going? Good, how are you? When you're making a friend, don't use those. Come up with your own unique things for your night. You know, oh, how's your night going? Oh, it was good. I was at this bar and then now I came here and I'm having more fun. Anything that you can offer extra beyond the traditional programmed responses instantly puts you a step higher. Yeah, and, like, don't really worry about it. You know, even if you sound dumb, I'll tell you, I've said some, like, really dumb trying to make conversations (laughs) out of nothing. Sometimes you do, like, have no idea what to talk about. So you say something really silly, like, oh, my gosh, can you believe they painted this wall, like, puke yellow? It's so dumb. Maybe you just fake a laugh after and move on. But it looks like, you know, you were kind of trying to make the conversation go somewhere. And it's still more interesting than the weather. (laughs) Yeah, always more interesting than the weather. Well, going kind of back to your first point, Ryan, when you talk about self-confidence, I wanted to snowball off that a little bit because sometimes what people end up doing when it comes to making a new friend is they'll trauma bond, especially if they're not in the best headspace of their own. So what this might look like is, say you're going through a divorce. Maybe you're at a bar. You overhear someone else saying that, I'm going through a divorce also. You pull up your chair and you say, oh my gosh, I can't stand my ex. I'm also going through this really hard divorce right now. And then suddenly you're both kind of 
venting and talking about how awful your marriage was or whatever, can't stand this person, blah, blah, blah. And you find yourself bonding and becoming friends over this shared traumatic experience. And the reason that this is not healthy in most situations is because now your friendship, the entire core base of it is based off of this really awful thing that happened to both of you and that you shared interest on. And for most people, it's really hard to escape that. Yeah, so my question is someone who didn't have a lot of trauma bonding experience, I guess. So does starting a friendship that way carry on to your future interactions? Like, does it set a trauma energy for all of your future, like, hangouts? Yeah, so I've trauma bonded a lot. I don't know what that says about me. Probably that I really need to talk to a therapist more, but... (laughs) Uh, in my experience, it does translate into every experience, hangout, friendship thing you're doing together as almost being based more off the trauma and like your conversations don't really escape it. So I've noticed this in my own life. I've witnessed this. I've seen this play out. A lot of people, what happens is they make a friend based off of solely these hard things. They really don't have anything else in common. They don't really have any other shared interests. They're just kind of hanging out to vent about whatever XYZ horrible thing in their life. I'm not saying that it's not sometimes healthy. I think it is important to have friendships where you can be real. I have had friendships where like the person is so happy-go-lucky that they can't even handle you saying you had a rough day, you know, because, oh my God, how awful. (laughs) So I think that there's a balance, but especially if your friendship is built off of it, it usually is going to come crashing down. And usually what happens is maybe one person or the other ends up getting into a better headspace and the other one doesn't. So you kind of have that misery loves company situation going on and it can be really hard for the one person who's maybe not happy anymore to, you know, want to hang out with you. It's Say you went through a divorce and a few months later you meet the love of your life, right? Now you're going to get married. Well, This friend that you've bonded with for the last two and a half months, I mean, maybe there's some envy now, jealousy, whatever, because they're still getting over this hard thing. And you have nothing else for your friendship. (laughs) So that usually causes the friendship to crack and, you know, you don't want to hang out. And people start to blame each other. It just turns really ugly, usually. (laughs) sounds like you have some experience here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely do. I've had this happen with a lot of friends, I would say, over the years. And I think uh, it depends on your personality. But usually what happens is one person gets out of it a little bit or they just get sick of it. And the other person doesn't. And, you know, the friendship doesn't work out. So it's really important to be in a somewhat good headspace when you're trying to make a friend, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I think so. that's a it's a great point. And another thing, you know, to not quite piggyback off of that, but if maybe you have lost friends or you lose, you know, a really close friend or you're just discouraged by not making friends when you're going, you know, out and trying to do it, I think the important lesson is to just keep your chin up and to keep going. I think there are often times where, you went out last night, you didn't make a friend, I don't want to go out tonight, or I don't want to go out next week, just, it's not for me, I, that's absolutely not true, it's for everybody, everyone deserves friends, everyone can make friends, it's just tough sometimes, and you just have to keep putting yourself out there, and it'll work out. Well, it's kind of a catch-22, because sometimes when you're in the lowest points of your life, that's when you need a friend the most, and so it's probably really hard to hear someone say, 
just make sure you don't trauma bond, you know, <laughs> because you want someone to understand you and to talk to. I totally understand that. And that's why I've done that so many times. Um, so I don't even think if you're going through something hard, don't keep that from, you know, getting out there and making a friend. Definitely try to do it. I think, though, just maybe realizing that it's really important that if you're going to start this new relationship, even just platonically, you want it to have, like, a healthy foundation. So ask yourself, like, what can we talk about? What can I bring to the friendship right now? Even if you're going through something really hard, you can still say, hey, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I have some rough moments. But right now, I would just, like, love to to go to the movies once a month. Can we do that? You know, sure, maybe. And then your friendship slowly starts to grow, and it doesn't have to be this deal breaker because you haven't been making friends or you're lonely or going through a hard time. Yeah, absolutely. And like you say, it's always tough to make friends, particularly when you're in a bad situation, but keep positive and things will work out for you. And the next thing I wanted to ask you, Macy, was... Let's say you do meet somebody, you know, you're out or doing whatever hobby or anything you're you're feeling like you're up to. You meet somebody. What's the next step? How do you, what is your advice for how to reach out or get their number or text them or what, walk us through what you think people should do? Yeah, I think you can keep it really casual and in this day and age, it's really easy just to be like, hey, can you follow me on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or whatever? And then that can be a great way. I have so many friends. Like, I actually have really good friends for years who we really only ever talk, like, on Instagram. Like, I'll message them on Instagram to hang out. (laughs) I don't know if I have their phone numbers, honestly. Um, I probably do. But I think just asking them to follow you or follow them, that can be a really quick and easy way. And then it kind of gives you kind of more information to go off to because you'll see what they're posting. Maybe, you know, in a few days they're at a concert and they post they're at this one band and you happen to love that band. Well, now you can reply to their story and be like, I didn't know you loved Nickelback. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I love them too. So do you want to go to karaoke one night and maybe Nickelback, you know, choose them as a song or something? And, and then your friendship kind of slowly grows from there. Or asking for someone's number. It's still perfectly fine to do that. I do think, though, it's important to actually contact them within a pretty short amount of time. Because usually people get busy and they forget that they enjoy talking to you or what you had in common or whatever, the longer you wait, probably the less likely that friendship is going to be, you know, rekindled in any way, shape, or form. So I would say within, the, you know, maybe the next three to four days, reach out, text them, message them on Instagram, respond to a story or whatever, and just say, hey, it was really great meeting you at whatever event. I know we talked about, like, loving books. Do you want to maybe go grab a coffee at a Barnes & Noble? near you like in the next week or two and then just give them the option and if they're busy don't just you know say well I guess they don't like me follow up again like another week or two and then of course if they continue to blow you off maybe either they're just super busy or you know it wasn't really meant to be but definitely respond pretty quickly and then from there you go on one or two kind of adventures together you can really decide if it's (laughs) what kind of friends are you making Uh, You can really decide if it's, you know, a friendship worth having or not. And it'll grow naturally, I think. Um, Yeah, definitely. I think great advice to plan something based on what you've talked about. I think that giving someone an option to attend an event or meet up at a bar or do something 
as a kind of mutual middle ground for the first time you hang out is just great advice. It gives everybody, you know, the option to not go or to go or to feel comfortable or to push their boundaries. It's just a really good middle ground, I think. And that's always great advice. Yeah, I think uh, also give them a couple of days options that work for you and that you know will work for you. That way they'll actually have a couple days to consider because I've actually seen this happen most recently in my WhatsApp for my group that I run where someone got a little upset because they wanted to go fishing one day and nobody could go that day. And when I say that day, I mean like that mor- the morning of this person posts in there, does anyone want to go fishing today? And it's the weekend of 4th of July or something. You know, <laughs> no one's in town. And this dude took it really personally because nobody could go, but... You know, most of us, even if we had loved fishing, we're not going to be able to go like last minute like that. Or we might need a couple days options. And had this person said, hey, I really love to go fishing. Does someone want to go maybe next Saturday or the Friday after or what, you know, whenever is convenient for you? He might have actually had some bites. So. Wow. <laughs> wow. What a uh, pun. It is good to give some options for timing and days to hang out just because we're all adults and it, it can be really hard to make it in your schedule to hang out, you know, outside of work and things. Yeah. Like we mentioned previously, it's very hard to make friends as an adult. So you should allow some flexibility. But at the end of the day, you do also have to move on at a certain point if there are obvious hints. You know, take the read the room, read the room, read the energy. And again, it's it's not quite a science. It's not quite an art, but it maybe sometimes is. It's very hard to explain. But the more effort and the more power and willpower you put into it, I think the more success you'll have. Yeah, and I think, you know, just being happy and stuff, that really helps too. Just have a positive energy and don't take things too personally. And I think you can make a really great friend no matter how you go about it. Yeah, absolutely. And if you have advice that we haven't said that works for you, let us know. We'd love to hear it and share it. Definitely. Well, thank you all for listening. This was hard to make friends as an adult. I'm Macy. And I'm Ryan. And I do love Nickelback, by the way. (laughs) Look at this photograph. (laughs) All right. We'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye.